Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is sponsored by OutlawPinball.com. OutlawPinball.com is a retro gaming and pinball apparel company based in Ohio that offers t-shirts, hoodies, hats, keychains, and more featuring retro gaming and pinball-inspired designs. Every purchase gets you entered into the OutlawPinball.com pinball machine giveaway that happens every three months, and right now you can get the Mandalorian pinball machine. Get an entry for every dollar spent in the store or become a VIP member to get store discounts and 30 bonus entries into the giveaway every month. The winner of the Mandalorian pinball machine will be randomly selected on June 14th. So go pick up some pinball and gaming inspired apparel to get your name entered. Also, when you're at checkout, go down to the promo box and type in CANNED10 for 10% off your purchase. That's C-A-N-N-E-D and the number 10. So go grab some apparel and get entered to win at outlawpinball.com. Well, dudes, Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one. Yeah, and you are listening to Candare Podcast. It happens to be a tribute to comics and pop culture like yours truly, Cowabunga! everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And returning to the show this week, uh, to talk about his Kickstarter running till April 3rd for Turkey Sharks 1 and 2. The CEO of Cutthroat Comics, writer Josh Nealis returns. Josh, thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Had a great time last time and looking at having a great time this time mm. around. Uh, that was a little, uh, <laughs> a lot of times in that sense. <laughs> I probably should have thought about what I was going to say there. But no, we've got a good episode for you in our retro roundtable. We're going to be talking about, you know, St. Patrick's Day is right on the horizon. And I think, uh, I haven't looked yet, but I think this is the last episode we're going to be doing beforehand, possibly. So we're going to be talking about St. Patty's Day and just Irish and pop culture. Be Irish and pop culture. That's why I intro like I did. Yeah, I, not going through puberty. Put that together, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put that together. Listeners will be like, oh, this must be a St. Patrick's Day episode. <laughs> so you kind of let yeah, them in before yeah. I even got there. <laughs> right. So that'll be a lot of fun. Then we're going to turn our attention over to Josh and talk more about his Kickstarter for Turkey Sharks. But before we do any of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And at CandarePodcast.com, there's a few different ways you can support us. There's a merch tab right there where you can get T-shirts, mugs, and stickers. Or there's the Patreon tab where you can, for either $5, $10 a month, depending on how much extra content you want to get, get access to hours and hours of extra uh, shows and just, uh, what's on there? The Candare Patreon Pod, the Radio the Theater. The Human Fly. The Human Fly, yeah. Uh, the Traumatic Episode. The comic Vault. The Comic Vault, all kinds of stuff on there, and it's just a catalog that keeps growing. And again, only 5 to $10 a month, depending on what you want access to. And uh, if you don't have the money to support us, you can support us just by leaving us a review on your podcast player of choice, people. It really does help. It doesn't just uh, fluff our ego. It, it does help in getting us uh, seen to a larger audience. Uh, Randy, what am I forgetting? Check us out on evergreenpodcast.com. Uh, you see all the other great uh, shows as well as us. So, yeah. There it is. All right, I think that's going to do it. So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move up. Holy nightmare. Holy barracuda. Holy impregnability. All right, guys. The Irish in pop culture. Who wants to kick us off, Jack? So one thing I would like to kind of see, it'd be kind of cool if they did it here in Ohio, being that 
Dublin, Ohio is like one of the big, I, I just found out that I guess it, it, it's almost spot on to actual Ireland. If you go there and hmm. go to Ireland, it's, it's pretty close. They modeled it right. Are you talking Dublin, like Ireland. downtown Dublin? Like yeah. that, like old little part of Dublin. Yep. It's real fucking congested. <laughs> 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 it's a miserable to drive through. Yeah, I guess it, it's supposed to mirror it pretty well, I've heard. Hmm. In Chicago, they dump thousands and thousands of gallons of green dye in the, the, in the, the river, river there yeah. and turn it green. I would love to see that. Not just pictures, but actually see it. See fish coming <laughs> belly up. Yeah. <laughs> in Dublin, Ohio, with all the uh, conscious-minded uh, Karens out there, yeah, I'm sure that'll go over well. No. I hate going through Dublin, Ohio, and I'm sorry, Dublin. It's a beautiful town, but Jesus, there's just so many. Um, uh, like you can drive by the Starbucks, for example, and just see like five girls at any different uh, occasion, like taking selfies of themselves with their <laughs> Starbucks cups for Instagram. It's just like, oh, yeah. Ugh. But don't they have the? I think, I think uh, my sister. The, uh, I think yeah. my sister lives in Dublin now. <laughs> Oh, I I, I did I was excluding her from yeah, the, everybody but her, everyone but talking. Josh's sister. <laughs> we're we're gonna see Josh on the news next year. He's gonna be dumping a bunch of dye in the river. Yeah, Andrew told me to. <laughs> Don't they also do the um, the uh, festival, the Dublin Irish Festival? Yes, they do, and it's they pretty do. badass. That's right. Yeah, just I just forgot about that until you uh, said that. I've only been once, and it was a pretty cool experience. I think I've been wanting to go every year, but. For some reason, well, I lived an hour away, but now that I live now you don't down the road, pretty much, yeah, still <laughs> probably on, won't go. But is that on St. Patty's that they do that? No, they do that uh, in the fall, I think. Oh, okay, is it? I remember it being is it hotter than hell when I was there? Yeah. Maybe like late summer, early fall. I want to say it's like usually July or August, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. You can always but, tell when. Uh, <laughs> When, when 33 right there at like Franz Road gets congested <laughs> as hell. But for the listeners that maybe don't live in Ohio, basically what that Irish festival is, is it's it's pretty much they shut down the entire city of Dublin and they have, uh, it's basically like a kind of a mix between a medieval fair kind of and uh, a renaissance fair and just a bunch of drunk people pretending to be Irish. Well, they do it at uh, Kaufman Park, which is just... Uh, little bit uh north it's like northwest of like old dublin but oh my bad yeah there's like big tents that are like there's dancing there's bands playing there's all kinds of beers and people tweedling their big mustaches <laughs> it's the first week of august i just looked it up is it yeah. okay but it was a good time uh, but it's not something i personally would visit uh, all the time Maybe. i'd probably go rather go to just the renaissance fair versus this one yeah. Yeah. And I've been to the Renaissance Fair tons of times. So I don't know. Nothing against it. It's just not my uh, cup of tea, really. You know, it's cool to see once for me, but who knows? I'll probably end up there this year now that I say all this. That's what it was like when I went to a Celtic fair the one year. My aunt was just all, all over the place. Look at this band. Look at these bands. Blah, blah, blah. Look at this. Look at this. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Hey, a turkey <laughs> leg and a meat pie, and I'm good. Can we go now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Josh? Have you ever uh, been to that festival? No, no, I've never heard of it. I, I would go. Um, you know, I've been to a handful of Oktoberfests and stuff, and Finley has one here every year, the Oktoberfest. I mean, it's all right. I would go to a, uh, a Celtic-themed one and probably yeah. enjoy it more. Like, you know you know how us Americans are. We're always like, oh, my heritage is this or that. And uh, mine is, as far as I know, it's like as Irish as you can get without actually being from Ireland. Oh, so, really? Like, yeah. Yeah, like all four of my surnames from my family are Irish, so I've always wanted to uh, go there a little bit. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. And uh, yeah, you my sister, it. my sister's birthday is actually on St. Patty's, so that same nice. sister. You don't get much more Irish than that. No. Yeah, <laughs> you like potatoes, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I think they're called <laughs> taters. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if those people in Ireland say taters. No, I'm, I'm just thinking of uh, Lord of the Rings. Sam Wise said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's cut over to Josh. Irish and pop culture. I, I honestly, I mean, there's you know, if you really think about it for like a couple minutes, I mean, there's a lot really, kind of. Um, I mean, the the first thing that pops in my mind was Banshee from the X Men. Oh wow, and was he Irish? Yeah, yeah. I did not know sure. that. Yeah, almost yeah. positive. Him and his daughter Siren, I think, is his daughter. So there's, you know, there's a little bit of Ireland represented in comic books. And then 
I, sadly, the second thing that popped in my head was was the comic that I wrote, Ginger Avenger, where, where the first issue takes place in Ireland. And I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, like my books aren't even good enough in my own head to be first. <laughs> I still thought of Angie first. Uh, You're just humble. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's like Sinead O'Connor and what is the Cranberries? I think they're Irish. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a comedian I like. His name is Danny Boy. I don't remember how you spell it. I think it's like B-H-O-Y or something. He's pretty funny. Uh, I'm almost positive he's Irish. He's got a thing on uh, Amazon Prime, I think, is where I saw his comedy special. Yeah, I mean, then you think of, uh, what was that, Rob Roy? Is that Ireland? I don't even know what that is. I That's know that Liam words, Neeson but... movie. Yeah. It's a what? Is that what it was? That what it was? Liam Neeson movie? Oh, Liam Neeson. Movie? Oh, Liam Neeson. No. That's Irish. Never seen it. And you got the Irish Spring Soap and... <laughs> yes. Okay. Irish Spring. That's what my deodorant is. I'm, I'm more Irish than I thought. <laughs> I'm Irish every day. <laughs> Smell like a clover. Speaking of uh, bands, there's uh, the, the Swell Season. You ever heard of them? No. Mm -mm. Uh, it's uh, Glenn Hansard uh, is the guy who does it. I think he has his own band. I can't remember anything about it now because it's been so long ago. What's the date on that? Tour poster, 2008 up there. But um, Brooke was really into it. And I was into some of the songs, but I've kind of, uh, I've forgotten all about it, to be honest. I couldn't even remember <laughs> the hit if I tried. But one thing I do remember is they're they're very uh, like acoustic indie kind of band, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, all the music's about being sensitive and shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> but we went to see him at, uh, I think it was at the Ohio Theater, <clears throat> and he was using this little tree that was growing up through a crack in the uh, parking lot as a kind of a metaphor. He goes, you know, we got off the tour bus and I was walking in. Excuse my Irish accent. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> Aside from doing anything like stereotypical, like leprechaun or anything, which I'm not going to do, but you get all sing-songy when you talk. It's easier to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets off. He's like, so our bus pulled up and we got off the bus and I was walking into the back of the theater and I looked down at the pavement and saw there was a crack in the pavement and this little tree was just trying to grow so hard, you know, up in this concrete jungle. And it made me... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Because it just made me think about how fragile each and every one of us are. And I just thought, like, I, I, well, I heard him say, it was like, it just reminded me of how indie I was. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but it was so I funny because, like what's that? I think I've heard that story before. So I think that dude ripped that off from somewhere. No shit. Really? <laughs> That's, that even makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> Almost but, positive. I've heard somebody say something very similar before. I don't remember where, though. Oh, my God. I would love to know. I would love to know. But after the show, uh, the, we were parked like behind the theater in a parking garage. So we walked out the front around the corner. And as we were coming, like walking across that back alley, I looked over and there was a handful of fans who had found this precious little tree. And we're all oh, crowded around it, making sure nobody stepped on it and taking Walk pictures of it. it. <laughs> you should have done the real... You should have done the real Irish thing, got drunk and pissed on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just speaking of music, that just made me think of that. I haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> anyway, uh, Randy, how about you, sir? Well, I'm going to take your music concept and take a hard right on that one. Um, this time of the year, I always break out my Celtic rock bands. So you've got like Flog and Molly, The Real Mackenzie's, mm. Dropkick Murphy's. Uh, it, there's always something with the mix between guitars and bagpipes that just sound totally badass. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely not folky. And uh, along those lines, I've got like a Pandora mix with Dropkick Murphys, and they do like a lot of Irish drinking songs. Uh, one of them, oddly enough, uh, the name of the song is Tits McGee, and it <laughs> takes place in a bar in Dublin, Ohio. So uh, I'm. Maybe we can uh, end the episode on that, but uh, it's a lot of laughing on that one. <laughs> what, what was the uh, bar that they're talking about? Do you know? I think he just made it up because it, it rhymed, but I, mean, I don't There are it, bars in Dublin, Ohio, so. It, well, I don't, there I don't are, think he did he, mention the name, though. He was no, just no. Saying it. 
What's that great big one? Uh, and I don't even think this is technically Dublin, but it's like Flanagan's. Um, yes, with the, with the yeah. volleyball. The vol it's yeah. like on right sawmill, sawmill at two seventy. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't think that's technically Dublin, though. I, I think that's uh, more Columbus area. But um, I don't know. I have to keep an eye out next time I'm forced to drive through there. Uh, it's beautiful, but it's just so congested. It's mm. so congested. And for some reason, the people can't drive there even worse than they can't drive in the rest of the city. That's a four-lane road. It's uh, it's hard. You know, Columbus, but, and maybe this statistic has changed, but is number three for having the worst drivers in the United States? I heard that a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I believe nuts? that. Mm -hmm. I believe it. I would believe it. I'm in Columbus all the time, and it's it's pretty ridiculous. It is. <laughs> like, the traffic isn't that bad. Like, I really rarely get stuck in traffic forever, but, yeah, it's like you got to watch people in Columbus. Like, like how am I supposed to be on TikTok watching TikToks when people around me can't drive? It's like really <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with those people? I think well, in hey, Columbus it's harder to get a video rental <laughs> membership card than it is a driver's license. I think you just pretty much have to show up. Like, it's nuts. It's nuts. Well, if you're definitely looking to get some aggression out, crank some Dropkick Murphys or Real McKenzie's while you're stuck in traffic. That'll definitely help. <laughs> One thing I found the other day is not to listen to Motley Crue when driving through the city because it just makes you want to drive <laughs> fucking fast. <laughs> as fast as you can. <laughs> I better slow down and turn off this uh, kickstart my heart shit here. That's well, like having that the theme song to Peacemaker on my radio now. Like, oh, I yeah. watch when I listen Aww. to that now too, especially driving down the freeway because I'm you just get a need for 90. speed. Yep, <laughs> in and out of traffic or weaving between cars going ninety five. That's why you were driving like a bat out of hell when we were on the way to the movie theater because <laughs> yeah. it was right after you turned that. Yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> just like him in the now. show when they were listening to metal going on to their mission yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do i got here let me see do you guys remember and this really isn't even irish but you were just watching it before we started the Crichton leprechaun <laughs> news report yes, god yeah <laughs> I don't think is I've it, ever heard that. Is that the one where they like drew drew a leprechaun on a piece of paper or something? <laughs> yeah. Yes. A bunch okay. of people. It was a news report or a bunch of people had reportedly seen a leprechaun run up into a tree. And the, the, yeah, then there was like a police or not a police sketch artist, but like somebody on the scene <laughs> drew what the thing looked like. And it was just like a little like... Half a circle with two like black dot eyes and then a Wearing little a bowler bowler hat. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like interviewing people and it was like, it could just be a crackhead up in the tree. Who knows? But it was like, and it cut to this other guy who uh, the news report said, I can't remember his name, but so-and-so is ready to either take on this leprechaun or whatever. And he, he seems standing in there like with a standing there with a vest on and holding what looks to be like a sawed off end of like an exhaust pipe or something. <laughs> It was a tool Why handed does... down thousands of years ago through his family to catch <laughs> leprechauns. Which was a flute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the flute, he said. Yeah. And there was, he also was wearing like this vest. I mean, it kind of looked like it could have been Kevlar or something. Uh, that's what I thought it was at first. But he yeah. was saying how it's, this vest is made to ward off spells. Spells and <laughs> yeah. shit. So <laughs> That Irish magic. It was so crazy it, just how everybody was so on board with it. There was a crowd of people. There's a ton of people, yeah. Under this tree thinking, shit, there's a leprechaun up there. It goes up in the tree, does, and as soon as you look for it, it disappears. Mm -hmm. Why does this sound like a jackass skit? Because <laughs> it could be. I don't know. It had <laughs> been it better was, if they'd have shined their flashlight up in the tree and a Johnny Knoxville's up there dressed as a leprechaun. That would have been man. <laughs> oh, even <Yeah>. better. <laughs> But I, I'll uh, cut the audio in, maybe, possibly, if I can easily get it offline. Well, just in time for St. Patrick's Day, crowds are coming by the dozens to get an up-close view at what some say is a piece of Irish folk folklore. Some people in the Crichton area of Mobile say a leprechaun has taken up residence in their neighborhood. A leprechaun. NBC 15's <laughs> Brian Johnson has more. Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community, many of you bringing binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. 
This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff and it told him to get up in a tree and play a leprechaun. We're going to get down to the bottom of this. Yeah, still on there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. This guy helping to direct traffic says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's suited up from head to toe. This wars all spells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute, which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather who was Irish. I just came to help out. Others just came to get lucky in hopes a pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know where to go. I want to go. Give me the go. I want to go. This is Brian Johnson, NBC 15 News. People will do anything for a pot of gold. I mean, Look it up on YouTube, people. The Crichton Leprechaun. It's it's if you haven't seen it, but I'm sure a good majority of people have. Yeah, that's been around for a long time. I yeah. remember, like, in the infancy of like, I'm trying to remember what website that was on. There was like a website that had all that crazy videos and stuff before YouTube. I, I want to like it, e -bombs it wasn't world or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E yeah. <laughs> yep. You know that's still around, e -bombs world. Mm -hmm. I, Is it really? I stumbled upon it the other day and thought, holy shit, you guys are still kicking. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. totally different now. I mean, it looks different, but it's still pretty much the same. Yeah, we used to just get shit-faced and just stand there and watch videos and stuff on E-Bombs World just constantly. So that, much ridiculous stuff. That Leprechaun video kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Tiger King, because I haven't watched that shit either, and it just <laughs> that video makes me not want to watch anymore. I'm Tiger King's it. easy to get sucked into. It really oh, is, yeah. because you just think, how did this ever happen? How? Like, you, there was a website that used to be out there. I don't. It, it probably still is out there, but it was called BangedUp.com. And me and some friends used to get fucked up and just sit around and look at this stuff. And it was some. There was some sick shit on there, man. Like really sick stuff that I don't even want to say I watched because it's probably like some dark web shit now. Like mm. you, you couldn't find it on YouTube. That's for sure. Just the keystroke will get you arrested trying to search for it now on the computer. Well, it's probably just it's probably just straight up porn now. But like, there were like snuff videos and stuff. Mm. What, were, what was what were the old uh, VHS that were so controversial back in the day that were like snuff videos and stuff? Um, oh, um, it was like something death. Uh, faces, of faces of death. Yeah, faces, yeah. faces of death. Yeah. It was pretty much a website that was like nothing but faces of death kind of stuff. Mm. It was nuts, crazy, crazy shit. Some of those images will never leave my mind, <laughs> ever. <laughs> anyway, back to the Irish, Yay. Jack. <laughs> I don't know. I was sitting there looking up for a lot of stuff, pop culture and Irish, and the, I kept coming up with a lot of movies that I've never heard of. Yeah, Boondock, Boondock Saints that's, was the one that kept coming up. That's that, the one that oh, didn't yeah. come up that I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that I didn't see. But that movie, that was a long time before I finally watched that movie. And man, it was good. I don't remember yeah, that film. The second one, I don't think was as good, of course. No, definitely it, it was not. And I think that one took place in Ireland, didn't it? Uh, I think it started. I think it started out in Ireland, yeah, yeah. or something. I'm trying no to think idea. of Irish movies, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, not much more I've got for Ireland for this one. I mean, but, there's the Le Leprechaun franchise, right? Did I hear? You know, I, I'm I'm at a point now where my dreams have just become so invasive and so vivid that I sometimes I can't remember if shit I heard was in a dream or if it was in real life. Did I hear that Jennifer Aniston was doing another Leprechaun, or is that just bullshit? I haven't heard that. No, it sounds out it. there. I mean, yeah. she's pretty well established. She, she in the first one? I, I yeah, have no she's, idea. she's in the first one. Yeah. I don't know if she did any of the other ones. I don't think so. I think she like that was her one of her first. I don't even want to say big roles, but one of her f more notable first roles. Really? I just learned today that Willow is War the leprechaun. War yeah, Warwick, yep, Warwick Davis. Davis. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, I had no idea. Yep. I mean, it makes sense. But yeah. But <laughs> one thing about uh, Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun is she is fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. Huh. That's fun fact. <laughs> the more you know, <laughs> right? Do 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 do. Oh shit. Um, what about uh, Josh? Anything else on the uh, the Irish and pop culture? 
Uh, I mean, you know, Thin Lizzy is from Ireland, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, I mean, Conor McGregor is, like, probably the most known Irish thing going right now, so. I'm not even aware what that is. He's an MMA fighter with a mouth. Or maybe he's not. Maybe he's not that popular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't follow sports, like, in the slightest. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched UFC since since he started getting his ass kicked. I kind of stopped watching, but he was one of the main reasons I got into it because I was like, this dude's like hilarious. <laughs> so I would no, watch. That's it. not true fandom, Josh. You got to stick with them, <laughs> oh, no, especially I'm through the bad times. Yeah, no, I'm definitely a fair weather fan when it comes to like <laughs> UFC. I'll go in and out of it. At least you're honest, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. You can't. You only have so much energy for you know so many things. Isn't that the truth? And with there's being so many fucking things out there now, oh yeah, it's hard to concentrate on one thing for too long. It's what TikTok and the internet has done to us. It's 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 whittled our attention span That's down to like three truth. seconds. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It's Very not much. constantly like bam, bam, bam. It's like, well, swipe. This is too long for me to watch. I need something yeah. shorter. <laughs> what about you, Randy? Anything else? I've got two more. Let's do one of them. Pick the best. All right. So uh, if you guys are in the mood for a really good laugh, go on YouTube and search the Try Guys. They are an Irish group of uh, comedians, and they'll just get, like, random shit uh, off the Internet. Their fans send them, like, random foods, and they'll try it. Um, So you got, like, try, like, super spicy chips, or they'll try different types of alcohol or uh, different types of bourbon. And it's just the chemistry between... Kind of all the actors is hilarious. Hmm. Um, they'll get like Japanese candy and stuff, and it'll be like durian fruit, which tastes like ass, and they all freak out. And it's just, it's very entertaining. Is that why you start bringing Japanese candy over to the house? <laughs> well, Someone maybe. Says it all. How <laughs> <laughs> we lost the secret out. <laughs> I have always wanted to try that fruit actually, just to see how awful it is. Is that the one that like smells really bad once you cut it open, has spikes all over it? Yep, yeah, and yep. then, like, what, you're not even allowed to bring it in hotels in, like, Japan or China or something like that? Yeah, it's that rancid. What's it, what's remember, it supposed to smell remember, like? I don't know. Like, feet or ass or something like that, I don't know. Just uh, nasty. Back when Andrew Zimmern had his show, I remember that was, like, the one thing that he was like, no, I'm not eating that. <laughs> Curious, but, uh, yeah, if it doesn't smell good, I wonder what, what's the incentive to even putting it in your mouth. Yeah, I was just wondering that, too. Why would you try I, I to think eat that, something that smells horrible? Yeah, I think that, who, you know, whatever country it's from, I can't remember. I, maybe, maybe they actually like it, and it's just like a thing for us uh, American people can't handle it or something. Well, there's parts of the world that eat monkey brains, and I wouldn't be doing that, I tell you now. There's people that eat <laughs> tofu, and that just doesn't taste like anything. Well, so why would you <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, I've had tofu and different things, but, I mean, I've never just gone out of my way to have it, you know. But like <laughs> just, just a brick of tofu. Delicious. <laughs> right. But this this fruit, it's like if it smells like shit, I think after you took a bite, but hmm, it tastes like shit too. Like, like I can't imagine something smelling. That's my breath. <laughs> right. Something that smells so horrible being like, you know what? This is actually good. Once you get past the smell of shit, it tastes like, like cotton candy. I just wonder what it tastes like. Monkey brains, probably. <laughs> right. I guess that's probably going to do it. I just have to mention uh, Lucky the Leprechaun from Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Not that I have a lot to say on him, but I feel like he needs to be in there somewhere. I mean, he's probably he's the first thing that came to my mind when we're sitting down to uh, write stuff down. Damn kids griefing him all the time, won't let him have his Lucky Charms. <laughs> what was it on Rick and Morty when the, there was like the interdimensional cable where there was a commercial for some kind of brand of Lucky Charms and the kids caught him and nailed him down to the stump and cut him open we're eating <laughs> right out of his stomach <laughs> all right <clears throat> i think that's going to do it then for the irish in pop culture how was that was that better than that my works before it's better than jack's <laughs> okay a little, better. a little better i'll take it i'll take it all right we're going to jump to a quick commercial break and when we come back more with josh nealis stick around Outlawpinball.com is a retro gaming and pinball apparel company based in Ohio that offers t-shirts, hoodies, hats, keychains, and more featuring retro gaming and pinball-inspired designs. Every purchase gets you entered into the Outlawpinball.com pinball machine giveaway that happens every three months, and right now you can get the Mandalorian pinball machine. 
Get an entry for every dollar spent in the store or become a VIP member to get store discounts and 30 bonus entries into the giveaway every month. The winner of the Mandalorian pinball machine will be randomly selected on June 14th. So go pick up some pinball and gaming inspired apparel to get your name entered. Also, when you're at checkout, go down to the promo box and type in CANNED10 for 10% off your purchase. That's C-A-N-N-E-D and the number 10. So go grab some apparel and get entered to win at outlawpinball.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back from commercial and joined again by Josh Nealis of Cutthroat Comics. Josh, man, thanks again for being here. Hope you're having a good time. Yeah, I mean, I've had better conversations probably, but no, I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> Us uh, too. This is cool. I like doing uh, different different things like this where there's like an actual topic. And, you know, as much as I love talking about myself and all that, it's it's fun to, you know, somebody be like, hey, we're talking about this. It's like, cool, we can talk about anything. So totally yeah. fine with this. It helps, it helps make this part of the episode a lot easier i think more comfortable rather mm-hmm. when you have those warm-up conversations and it probably you'd probably like our convo better if we weren't crapping all not that we were crapping on the irish but we had some laughs i think at the, their expense a little bit did we i think so i'm irish and i'm not offended so are you yeah shit i'm learning all kinds english of stuff scottish and irish in there I'm, oh i own that um, whole island over there <laughs> or continent i guess it's not an island Dublin, ohio that, that's a different that's word. what i'm uh, thinking we're... of <laughs> that's what i'm thinking of we love you dublin Truly. Anyway, moving on. Josh, uh, again, thanks for being here, man. You know, it's been a while since we've seen you or even talked to you. I think the last time we actually saw you was at Torg's convention. How was your uh, weekend? Uh, we're talking about that weekend? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. You know, I really didn't know what to expect since it was like a gaming convention, kind of. But yeah, I mean, I did really well. I talked to a lot of people and sold some books and stuff. And yeah, it was pretty fun. We had a great time uh, too, and that, there was just—it was such a mixed bag of uh, uh, tricks there. I mean, again, you know, you say you know it's a gaming convention, and what you just said—we've heard so many people say since we didn't know what to expect being comic creators mm-hmm. going to a gaming convention. But everyone has always come back unanimously saying it was a great weekend. You know, I think you're part of one of those fandoms. You're kind of part of all of those fandoms. You, you know? have to be, yeah. Because they all yeah, lead in some way. Into yeah, there's that. a lot of crossover, I think. And, and this, especially the way, specifically my comics and, and a couple of my books, like the way I write stuff, it, it's a lot of like family guy style references a lot of times. So, you know, it, you can find something to laugh at in all my stuff, I think. Sure. Well, man, it was good to see you there. Are you going to be uh, there this year? I think it's in November, right, Randy? November 4th. Uh, I haven't signed up yet. I'm I'm waiting for one of those ever so evasive uh, special featured guest spots. I'm just waiting for that offer to come rolling in. Boom. Uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, I actually do plan <laughs> on signing up. Uh, I just got a lot going on right now, and uh, yeah, as soon as I can get the money around to get a hold of you guys and and pay for it, then then that's what I will do. Oh, you would you wouldn't have to pay us. Well, I was just curious if we get to see you again. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're oh, not yeah. getting we're not getting the money on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you yeah, can I send us money. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we hope we do see you there. But uh, before we jump into your Kickstarter and Turkey Sharks, let's you know refresh the people who might be hearing you for the first time on our show. Uh, you know, just exactly who you are and a little bit about Cutthroat Comics. Yeah, so, you know, I'm Josh Nealis, as you guys have mentioned, and uh, I started out with an OnlyFans, and it went really well. <laughs> so I pivoted that into a comic book company. Um, I took the five ninety five I made in one month from my uncle, and I started making <laughs> making comic books. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been doing that since uh, 2015. And I think we've got like 20 releases or something like that. I don't even know where we're at. Um, and then, what was it, uh, like a year and a half ago, I think, or something like that, I released 
a uh, comic book that I didn't write, so I published for somebody else. And then right now we're doing another comic book for another creative team that I didn't write. So, you know, it's coming along. It started out with all my stuff, and now we're finally starting to publish for other people. That's awesome, awesome man. Yep, I need to was, check up cool. on some of these newer titles since we talked to you last. It's been going on a year since we uh, were talking about Cutthroat the first time, I think. Yeah, something like that. It's pretty cool to be able to, you know, I really appreciate, I, I think about it all the time. You know, I've, like I said, I've been doing this since 2015 and I'm finally getting to the point where, you know, when I reach out to people, they actually talk to me back. And it's pretty awesome that, you know, I can reach out to you guys and, and get on and, and some of the other podcasts and, and stuff I've done. It's, it's very humbling, I think. And, and I appreciate it quite a bit. Well, thank you, man, for giving us your time and coming on to talk to us. I've been having a blast talking with you thus far. I know we had a great time on the last episode you were mm-hmm. on. Uh, again, that was, uh, I think it was summer vacation in pop culture, I think was what we were looking at last time around. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah, that's right. Here almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, talked, we talked about uh, Ernest Goes to Camp or something, I think. Yes, we did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. And I, uh, what else? Uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Memory. I actually watched that. Uh, like two days later, it popped up on one of the streaming services. And I was like, well, I guess I need to watch that. So I watched it. And how did it hold up? Yeah, it was all right. I still like it. Uh, I can't remember if it was one or two. I was just going to ask if it was one or two. Yeah, I don't remember. Either way, I, I like both those movies. All right. I think it was the first one. Pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the first one. I like. I think I like two better because it's a little more silly. But yeah, the first one's good. I need to watch it. Do you remember what service that was on? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I have. I switched to all streaming, so I don't have uh, like Kate. I, I got rid of DirecTV, so I don't have that anymore. So it's I have like not all of the streaming services, but the good ones, the real good ones. So sure, the ones that matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to find it. But uh, I'm yeah, I'll have to rewatch that. But all right, man, let's talk about this Kickstarter. It's again going till April third for Turkey Sharks. One and two. Uh, can you start by just telling the listeners about Turkey Sharks, what it's about? Yeah. So uh, my first comic book I ever wrote back in 2015 was Stingray number one. Um, and then we had after that, we did Pedal Man and Kid Friendly number one and then Ginger Avenger number one. Um, after that, we did an issue two and issue three of all three of those titles. So nine books total. Um, and then I was like, I need to just cut it back to one title. So I made like an Avengers style team called the Turkey Sharks and all my characters are in it basically. And uh, so we did issue one, we did a Kickstarter for that uh, mid to late last year and it went really well. It was almost 300% funded. Wow. Um, And now we're back doing issue two and we're also of course offering issue one with that as well. So it's Turkey Sharks one and two. Um, and we've got some really great cover artists on this one. We had, we had a couple really good ones on the last one. We had Chris Mad um, from Source Point Press and Brian Silverbacks from numerous publications. On this one, we've got uh, Sean Forney and Rodney Fike. Uh, Sean lives there in Columbus. Uh, I think he lives in Delaware. Yeah. And then uh, we got Tyler J. Haddix uh, from up in Michigan. He did one. And then of course my main artist Cristiano Reyna, who's done all my books, is on this as well. So it's uh, it continues the story. You know, basically, I don't want to give away too much, but you know, obviously it's issue two, so it follows issue one as things do. Stands to reason. Um, and uh, you know, my main thing right now is is I'm really happy with the writing and stuff because I have finally found who these characters are. I'm able to write depth. You know, they each have their own voice. Uh, which is which is hard in comics. It it takes a little bit, you know. You can't really just do it in one issue. It takes a couple issues to to get the story down and and figure out how these these characters say and do and why and all that. Uh, but we're finally getting that, and uh, this issue turned out really good. It's it's got some depth. It's got some uh, development, and it's it's got a lot of funny in it too. I think. Is this going to be the final uh, spot for all these characters from these other comics going forward, or are will there be individual arcs in the future, or are those just finished? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, if I were to blow up and there was a, a demand for for something like that, like I would like to do. Like I have a character called Blasphemer, and he's like a gay Amish superhero, um, and he's he he's had his origin story. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's basically like a He-Man ripoff kind of, 
Uh, so he holds like a piece of rope, reclaimed wood up in the air and, and, and into, uh... okay, it, it that really interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, it, I, he's one of my favorite characters. And actually, my artist, Cristiano, I, I think that's his favorite character. So I've, I've tried to incorporate him more. I'd love to do like a solo issue or a series with him at some point. Um, and then also I think in ginger Avenger three, I think it was, we introduced, uh, the rascals and that's like my teen Titans style team. Um, I, I am planning for sure to do something with them in the future, but I'm, I think I've decided to develop them in these books in the Turkey shark line and then, then jump off instead of just doing another separate thing. Cause it, it's hard to. I think that's one of the mistakes. I don't know that I'd call it a mistake, but like I said, I did three separate series when I first started. And uh, I, I think it it maybe would have went faster and I would have been able to develop my craft and, and my company faster if I would have just focused on one comic series. But uh, that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to focus on Turkey Sharks for a little bit, get that sustainable and, and grounded and get a fan base behind that before I split off again, I think. I'm very intrigued to uh, read this now. Now looking at some, remembering some of the cover art I was seeing on your Kickstarter page, I think I I remember uh, a, a certain image of the character you were just describing. Yeah. What's his name again? The uh, the Amish He Man guy? Uh, oh, blasphemer! Yeah, he was on. Has he been on a cover? He was on the. We had a Breakfast Club spoof cover that was a Kickstarter exclusive. He was on that cover. Uh, he's on. He's on the A cover of uh, Turkey Sharks number two. It's the one. I don't know if you're looking at the kickstarter but it's it's the one with uh the unicorn and the rainbow yeah looking at it right now. looking yeah, at yeah. it right now <laughs> yeah so he's yeah he's driving the carriage because so he has uh you know because they drive horse and buggy amish people do in case you didn't know that uh so when when he changes uh much like battle cat changes his horse turns into a unicorn named harvey after harvey milk and of course the carriage gets all uh flamboyant and stuff too and it's uh the unicorn farts rainbows and glitter and it's 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 fun. That's it looks amazing. Fun. Yep, I love that character. He's fun to write. It's he's kind of tricky to write because you always have to be and thou art thine villain and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's fun. Sorry, getting lost in in these cover arts here. They look pretty darn awesome here. Yeah, that's uh, you know, one thing I realized early on. It's like you know, if you want to be the best, you need to work with the best. And I, I try to work with the best people I know. You know, there's still a lot of people I haven't worked with yet, so that's in the future. But you know, these guys that have been on Turkey Sharks and and Cristiano, you know, he, he's he's been with me from the beginning, and I, I owe him a lot more than just the money I pay him. But uh, you know, Sean and Rodney and and Chris Madden, and Brian Silverbacks and Tyler J Haddix. I mean, those dudes are they're top notch. They're they're as good an artist as you can find uh, anywhere. I think, and I'm, yeah. I'm very privileged to be working with them. Yeah, yeah, it was cool to see Rodney Fike and Sean Forney's names uh, when I was looking through here because, uh, well, but we've had both of them on the show. We've met them before, and they're very great guys. You know, artwork aside, but yeah, they are fantastic at what they do. And uh, I know I've seen some of the other gentlemen's uh, work you've listed. I just can't think of it right off the top of my head. I'd have to go do some digging. But, yeah, you've got some great artists on board, man. This looks great. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just that pictures on the Kickstarter tells you right there. I mean, Absolutely. yeah, Cristiano, you know, he's uh, he's Italian. He's Italian fella. But, uh, you know, so I've never actually met him. I've never even actually talked to him like we're talking. It's all just through Messenger. But, uh, you know, we've done whatever 11 or 12 books we're whatever we're on now and uh just like my writing and stuff his art has gotten better over the years too and, and we've really refined these characters and you know him and i are in a good spot where we can hammer things out pretty quickly the language barrier isn't as bad as it was it, it was never horrible but every now and then there'd be something that he just would not understand because totally two different cultures right but uh yeah, he's he's doing really good. He's he's nailing it on this one, that's for sure. This might be some of his best work. So tell uh tell the listeners then, you know, about some of these the goals or the rewards rather that you uh, get for backing your project. Yeah, they're they're a little bit secretive still yet. I haven't like Ooh. unveiled any uh art for people to see, but yeah, we're going to do a bunch of magnets and stuff. I find like when I do kickstarters, uh, people give away magnets and stuff when when you hit certain funding goals. And uh, I like the magnets. You always need a magnet for your fridge. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't even remember where we're at. Let's see. I think we're at the Turkey Sharks magnet right now. 
which I had that for the first one, and I've got some left over. So I was like, well, I might as well get rid of these on this Kickstarter. But, uh, yeah, I think the next one, if we get to 1300 I think it's the Zebo Zebo magnet. And uh, I don't want to give away what the magnet looks like, but it does tie into the story. And uh, if you're a 90s kid, you will love it because of the design. Um, it's a, uh, it's kind of a spoof on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a little bit, but I'm not going <laughs> to, nice. yeah, Dude, I don't want to give away, heart. yeah, the magnet set that we're doing for these. Cause I think, I think 1600 is like a blasphemer magnet. And then if we get to 2100, it's like a stingray and a mark magnet set. I think I'm trying, I'm trying to remember how I, I don't have it up in front That's of me, it. but I'm looking yep. at it right now. It's only been active a couple of days, and you're already talking stretch goals, and it's going for what, like another month almost. So that's some pretty yep. reasonable <laughs> expectations, you know? Yeah, I would. Well, you know, and and I set the funding goal at just 500, and you know, I, I could set it at three grand or something. But for me, you know, the way Kickstarter runs, if you don't hit your goal, you don't get anything. Right. And uh, for me, it's like it's it's. It's about getting the funding, you know, but I'm doing it for promotion. I'm doing it to get my book out there. And really for me, obviously I want to make as much as we can, but I just want to take a cut out of what I have to pay Cristiano and the other artists, you know, and, and really, you know, if we can just pay for printing or part of that and like, I'm happy. So, you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I know I should be like a, a cutthroat quote unquote businessman, but that's just not who I am. You know, I want to sell my books and I want to get my stories in people's head spaces. Um, that's really what it's about. You know, I would love to turn this into my full-time job at some point. And, uh, you know, I'd rather make, you know, a dollar per book, you know, and sell a thousand copies, you know, than make a hundred dollars per book and sell five copies. You know, that's just right. the way I see it. Uh, for me, it's, it's about getting my stories out as an artist. Uh, and it's not, I mean, yeah, the money would be great. I don't really care too much about fame. I, I suppose that would be kind of cool if I'm at a bar and there's like a bunch of girls that think I'm cute because they think I have money or something, but you know, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I don't. Yeah. Man, it's it's not me, really it's... even selling yourself short if you put a, a smaller price tag on it, because in the end game, right. it all comes back to you then. And it's yeah. just so refreshing to see comics that aren't, you know, $4 a pop, you know, and I, I would imagine that there a lot of them are probably even going to start being $4.99, you know, mm -hmm. like the comic book store and stuff. Yeah. Um, cause so, you know, sometimes you get, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to start bitching and I don't want to start bitching, <laughs> but you guys know what I'm getting at, like how comics are uh, these days with the price tags on them a lot of the time. So I know what you mean, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, and I've had this conversation with a lot of, uh, comic book writers and publishers and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I tell them, you know, if you can, if you can get 20 bucks out of your book and then have at it, I'm not going to do that. I, I want to, I want to price my things. So they're affordable for people. So, yeah. so that, you know, um, instead of buying one comic from me, maybe they'll buy four for 20 bucks or something, you know, but, uh, yeah. And I'm, you know, again, I'm not trying to make a killing. I just, I just want to survive really. I want to be able to keep going and, uh, it's, it's getting there. It's, it's, you know, I'm at seven years almost and, uh, it's, things are coming around. And you just want people to see it, man. And if you, I think if people put too high a price tags, <laughs> No one's going to touch it, no matter how cool it looks. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, there, I, mean, I know I, there's been things that I would have loved to take home, but I was just like, how much is this book? Oh, that one's eight dollars. Like for a, for this little tiny comic, it's six pages. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I do. You know, for my variants now, because I do have to pay extra for these these artists and stuff. Like, uh, so during the Kickstarters, the variant covers are only eight bucks. I, I think the I think the one Kickstarter exclusive is like. Seven or six, I can't remember, but uh, you know the ones that Sean and Ronnie did, and the one that Tyler did. It's it's eight bucks, and then after the Kickstarter though, they pop up to ten, which I still think is pretty fair for you know a limited edition. Exactly. You know, I'm, only, yeah. I'm only printing sure. so many, um, but the A covers five. So if you just really just want the story and that's what you care about, I mean five bucks I think is is pretty fair. You know, and to be honest, mm -hmm. I'm really not making much at that price. No, I when I the prices I was talking, I was talking like the you know like Marvel and DC and stuff like that, like how right. how much they gouge and stuff. I wasn't talking about uh, that, and I you, I totally wholeheartedly agree. You aren't going to find any kind of variant covers uh, for eight dollars. No, never, <laughs> you're nope. not going to. You're going to pay out the ass for them typically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that there's been Kickstarters that I'll see, 
And I'm like, you know, I hear the story and all that, and I'm like, oh, dude, I am down on that. And then I'll go and look at the Kickstarter, and, you know, it's got a hefty price tag just on the regular book. And I'm like, dude, I'm not paying that, you know. And yeah, like I'm not trying to knock anybody. That's just me. I'm pretty cheap. I mean, <laughs> I I like to wheel and deal. So it's just that's just who I am. But, yeah, you know, you have to price it to its actual value, I think. I think, you know, when people overprice things trying to – like I said, gouge people and trying to make a killing on one thing. I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's a tough world out there and we're all trying to survive. But, you know, I think you're going to make it's about making a fan base, you know, and if you can make your stuff affordable, I think you're going to get there quicker. Yeah. And I think that's I think your prices are right on spot, especially, you know, for doing what you're doing. Get, like you just said, getting your name out there, just getting it in listeners, uh, listeners and readers hands. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. I mean, come on, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I have seen uh, you know indie comic people at cons who just gouge, and it just I just I understand they're trying to cover con you know convention costs and you know printing costs, paying off people, mm-hmm. but just like you were saying, Josh, like that's a good way to drive people away. I think you have good price points. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of banking on back end on this. Like, I'm betting on myself. Cause I know who I am. I know how hard I work. And, and I truly believe that the stories I write are as original as you can be. Cause you're never going to be fully original, but I'm banking that one day I will have a significant fan base that will support me and, and my company and the artists that I let on board with this thing mm-hmm. that, you know, they'll appreciate those prices and stick with me. That's what I hope anyway. I don't think that'll be hard to do no. for you. I mean, you you got great looking work here, and uh, yeah, again, you're you're you know you're not trying to gouge your your customer. So I, I mean, I'm not a comic creator, but from where I'm sitting, I, I would buy from you. But well, I appreciate that. And the Kickstarter's rolling right now. <laughs> yeah, again, so April third, and I I know people can go to kick, uh, cutthroatcomics.com, and there's as soon as you get on there, there's a banner that you can just click on, take you straight to the Kickstarter. Yep. Um, as far as, uh, getting some of your other issues, like backed issues, is it just going to cutthroatcomics.com? Is there other avenues for people to get their hands on cutthroat comics material? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can do that. Um, and, and also, you know, if anybody's looking at the Kickstarter, I think there is a, uh, pledge tier that covers that. Like we have the, uh, physical catch-up package. I don't remember how much it is. I think it's like I don't even want to say because I don't remember the price. I want to say it's like 50 or 60 bucks or something like that. But that gets you every book we've done, you know, all the, all the books that I've written anyway. Um, Carl Vinson isn't on that one because that's not really part of that storyline. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, we have that other Kickstarter running right now too, which is doing pretty well um, for Tales of Shock and Terror. So if somebody is listening to this and they're not really a comedy superhero type person – and you're more of a horror person. We've got that going too, and uh, I think they're at like 800 bucks, and they've got till like March or, or uh, April 2nd. I think they're going. So it, that's a really cool book too. It's something different for Cutthroat Comics, and and we're very excited about that as well. That's awesome. I love the variety that you guys are offering, not just catering to one like fan base. You know, right. And that's part of the reason I started this company because, well, a I knew I would never get published because I don't. You know, I'm not like. I don't have like a journalism degree or something, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I started this company and and I had all these ideas and, and, you know, they say that, you know, you should write one genre and stick with that and build a fan base there. But I didn't want to do that. You know, I don't really follow rules so well. Um, (laughs) so I, yeah, I wanted to write whatever I wanted to write, whether it be horror or comedy or, you know, uh, like hellscape. I think we talked about last time is like a straight up kind of like fantasy post-apocalyptic thing. And right. then I did uh, cocaine stripper stronghold came out, uh, on Valentine's day. And that's like a horror romance comedy thing. So pretty much just do what I want since I own the company. Hey, that's one of the benefits of being a company owner, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll see if it works out. <laughs> Looks like it's working out for you pretty well so far, man. So I encourage the listeners to check out uh, Cutthroat Comics on Twitter at Cutthroat Comics on Instagram at Cutthroat underscore comics. And of course, CutthroatComics.com and that Kickstarter. Don't forget that Kickstarter. Again, CutthroatComics.com is a big banner right there. I'm sure you have links on your social media handles. 
Uh, we're going to be putting links on our social media handles to help get people over there, man. So though it doesn't look like you need it, I wish you all the luck of the Irish. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Dilly D. <laughs> that was the most Irish thing all evening there. I think it was <laughs> Jack tell the people where they can find us go to candairpodcast.com where you can listen like subscribe follow buy some merch become a patron see some YouTube videos and if you want to get a hold of us to promote your work or even just say hi send us an email on our contacts page and don't forget to find us on Twitter at candairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air And again, that website, candairpodcast.com, has a merch and a Patreon button. Two ways you can support us. Uh, One way gets you t-shirts, mugs, stickers. Another way gets you uh, extra extra shows that we do that the normies aren't getting. And depending on your level, there's merch options there as well. So head over to candairpodcast.com. Randy, what else we got, sir? Go to evergreenpodcast.com, and uh, however you guys are listening, uh, while you're throwing back some green beer this St. Paddy's Day, give us uh, some love on that podcast player of your choice. There it is. Yeah, they're going to have a whole Irish-themed episode to listen to while they're down in their their green beer. (laughs) Uh, They're probably going to cringe at us, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Then they'll be pissed at us the next morning for drinking so much green beer and listening to us. (laughs) Can you believe those fox? (laughs) All right, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I suppose I'm Josh Nealis. I suppose you are. (laughs) Thanks so much for (laughs) listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. There's a bar in Dublin, Ohio, that's not much on decor. It's dark and dingy, the owner's stingy, there's dirt upon the floor. The liquor's watered down, and the whole place smells of pee. But it's not the poor they come here for, it's the barmaid Tits Muggy. Tits Muggy, Tits Muggy, it's her we've come to see. It would be empty without the barmaid Tits Muggy. Tits Muggy, Tits Muggy, I know that you'd agree. They're quite a sight to see The bar meets this muggy The bathroom is out of order But the place is always packed The big allure is for sure The bar meets splendid rack The ceiling's falling down And the patrons are all felons But it's worth the risk For a glimpse of her amazing felons It's smuggy, it's smuggy It's her we've come to see It would be empty without the barmaid It's smuggy, it's smuggy, it's smuggy I know that you'd agree They're quite a sight to see The barmaid's it's smuggy Mountain range is quite a sight to see, but it's all for naught once you spot the peaks of Titsmuggy. Her wondrous nook makers, she's famous for her breasts. She's endowed and so proud, she wears them on her chest. Titsmuggy, Titsmuggy, it's her we've come to see. It would be empty without the barmaid Titsmuggy, Titsmuggy, Titsmuggy. I know that you'd agree, they're quite a sight to see. The barmaid Titsmuggy. Muggy The parish ladies loathe her They're jealous to the bone But God's gift of her midriff Is no fault of her own I see only one thing for Church folk to gripe about Cause round eleven it turns to heaven That's when she takes them out It's Muggy, it's Muggy It's her we've come to see It would be empty without the barmaid It's muggy, it's muggy, it's muggy I know that you'd agree They're quite a sight to see The barmaid's it's muggy Don't run, it'll only make things worse. What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe!
I think we're going to cut you loose then, uh, Josh, unless you had anything else. Nope, I'm good. I got to get this kid in bed. We're going to go watch some Fraggle Rock. Oh, Sweet. nice. Is it the new one? Is it the new one? No, no, no. It's uh, His birthday is tomorrow. And for his birthday, I got him the full series of Fraggle Rock since it wasn't streaming nice. anywhere. Wow. Bezos sits up right, bro. No yep. shit. What a lucky <laughs> no, boy. All right. Well, yeah. you guys have fun, man. Yep. Hey, hey, you want to say hi to them? Hi. Hey, happy hey, buddy. birthday, buddy. Thanks. Enjoy that Fraggle Rock. Boy, are you in for a treat. Yep. We're going to watch it. You ready? I don't even know what that is. You didn't know what it is. Oh, oh you're going to learn. You're going to learn. You're going to love it. You're going to love it, son. This has been a Canned Air production. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.